Welcome to Screen Talk, IndieWire's weekly podcast. I'm Eric Cohn, the Deputy Editor and Chief Critic, joined as always by our Editor-at-Large, Ann Thompson. And boy, we have a lot of stuff to go through. We just finished last week going over our top 10 list, and now we have more people's lists to look at, starting with uh, hot off the presses. Right before we started recording, we found out uh, the AFI top 10 list of films and TV shows for 2017. A good amount of things that were you would expect to see on this list. Obviously, some stuff didn't make the cut. So maybe we should kind of start with that. I mean, the... Okay, well, basically, yeah. Basically, you have a group of films that, and I've been running around a little bit going to parties and, and events and things, and sort of, this is the time of year where I sort of, you know, Whenever I'm in front of an Academy voter, I say, what did you like? You know, that kind of thing. And they're always very um, willing to be opinionated about it. You know, this one guy said, oh, I didn't like seeing uh, Sally Hawkins naked. You know, and I was like, oh, my God. That kind of stuff (laughs) is just so dispiriting, too. People assume it's like, oh, Academy voters, you know, that... They, they think in very sophisticated ways because they're <laughs> artists and all that kind of stuff. And then you realize that, well, you know, when, when people actually have opportunity to share their opinions, some opinions that are... Was, that took me aback a little bit, Sorry, you know, because I, I... And also, you know, if, if, I, if I found, you know, first they killed my father, you know, extraordinarily uh, immersive and I was very caught up in, in the point of view of the young girl in, in Cambodia, it's, it sort of takes me back to realize that so many men who see that movie don't identify with her and don't get caught up. Well, you know, it's an interesting question. I mean, I I don't identify directly with Lady Bird, but I still find that it to have a very crisp sense of its emotional beats, you know, so I can can see that in two different ways. There are some entry ways for men in that story, though. I mean, there's a, there's, there are other, there are men in it. There are plenty of men in it. Like like the father, like the boyfriends, like like the you know it's it's there's plenty of people to 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 hang on to besides Lady Bird too, right? That's true. That's true. I I don't think that's why I liked it. I mean, I don't think I related to say Tracy Letts in that movie or something to that effect. But in any case, Lady Bird did make it on the AFI movies list, but uh, Darkest Hour did not, which nope, is certainly that was one of the big snubs, movie. definitely. So you have Dunkirk looking good, The Post looking good, Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water, which did really well with the uh, Critics' Choice Awards. That was the and commercially, contender, and it's doing well commercially. So that yeah. one wasn't so much cited by New York and L.A. The film critics groups that have already weighed in, but it did very well with the bigger TV, radio, online. Critics' Choice Awards, right. which is a, you know, like 250, 300 people and is more predictive of the Oscars than either L.A. or New York tend to be. Um, and that's that's sort of an interesting uh, difference. And then Three Billboards made it onto the AFI list. So the so all of the, uh, right now, Dunkirk, The Post, Lady Bird, Call Me By Your Name, Shape of Water, Three Billboards, which, by the way, are the leading contenders in that order on Gold Derby of all the Oscar experts who are weighing Including in, yourself. Including me. And then you have Get Out, which also made it. Darkest Hour did not make it. Florida Project did make it. 
Mudbound did not make it yet again. Mudbound. Yeah. So is what happened there? Out. That's an interesting question. No Netflix but, on there except yeah. for the TV shows. I mean, obviously, The Crown and Stranger Things two did fine, but yeah, there, there you see the essential divide. TV people are okay with Netflix in a way that the movie industry Apparently still not. either that or it's the movie. Oh. We can't say whether. I mean, the Academy has a bias against. Certainly, the Academy has a bias against Netflix, but I don't think that's true of film critics. I think it's also, it's, I mean, well, so, so first of all, how is the AFI list determined? That's it's a jury. Oh, that's true. The, the, the AFI definitely, as opposed to LA or New York or Critics' Choice, which also didn't do very well by Mudbound, I would say that, um, except for, a, you know, the Gothams and gave it a, and, and the Indie Spirits gave it ensemble uh, awards, but, but the, um, which was nice, but it's not enough to get it where it needs to go. Uh, by the way, the other one left out was Phantom Thread and the, of the AFI list, and the other one that it was included in the AFI list, which I was very glad to see, was an Amazon movie, The Big Sick. So that did get in to that top 10 it list. It seems to me like the, this list is, it leans towards crowd pleasers. It well, really they're a does. Little, all right, you wanted to know. So basically what's interesting about the AFI list is that it's not um, really predictive of anything except that it's a combination, a little bit like National Board of Review in a weird way. It's a combination of academics, critics, people from inside the industry, all of them communicating with each other, uh, often with difficulty, because I've been on that jury and I know it, it can be very strained. They argue. Have those people arguing with each other, yeah. Because yeah. they're all coming from very different points of view. Um, and, and it's possible for films to get left out by mistake because you only have so many places you can go in those Well, but is spots. it really a mistake or is it just sort of the natural state of things because you can only put so many things on this list. No, so there's a way that they good. do the ballots in that in that group where you 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 end up picking X number of movies and you get to the t to the end and you have only one slot left and you. So it could actually be that everyone we left on this out jury, the darkest hour one year. That's going to say or or, or uh, Mudbound could have been something that everyone wanted to see on the list, but then the end results just didn't accommodate. Yeah, exactly. So so, so that I mean that's what's interesting about it is if you think about it as a microcosm of the way a lot of people are thinking in a year that has a really high volume of movies that have been talked about as being different kinds of contenders is that a movie that, like Mudbound, may not be the first, even if people respect it, it's just with, with stuff like Calling My Your Name or Florida Project or Lady Bird or Shape of Water, it's just not one of the first that comes to people's minds and it keeps getting held back to some degree by rising, by other things rising to yeah, the top. I, I think that the fact that and we Sarah go back too. to this many times, the fact that it wasn't a theatrical convention yeah, you know, the, these movies stay in theaters they are advertised they are talked about it's totally I mean, I the difference but, it is so clearly every, the difference every time i open my netflix account i do see mudbound but i i mean that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody who's seeing it is watching it but i'm also thinking is mudbound even if though it's very beautiful and it, and it does a great job of sort of tackling a, a difficult story does it excite people the way that some of these other movies do because i feel like darkest hour is a similar kind of thing it's not that it isn't strong filmmaking per se it's that the movie is fundamentally less exciting to people it is a talking uh, heads movie and although yeah. i think joe wright did a great and it's a familiar subject and as i huh. go around talking to people and i find out 
why they they don't like darkest hour why they don't think it's the greatest thing in the world basically i can already see what's going on blade runner for example was left off wonder woman though was included and one of the things that i've discovered running around is that people really like wonder woman a lot they love it, in fact. Well, it's a, like I said, a crowd pleaser. It's, it's a, crowd a big pleaser. crowd pleaser. That doesn't mean it's going to make it to Best Picture, but it meant that it made it to the AFI list, which was presumably leaning into something having to do with women as well. In other words, Darkest Hour, uh, excuse me, um, uh, uh, Lady Bird and Wonder Woman are both directed by women. And, and, and it, it's, a, it's a good, it makes you look good to put two things on a, a list that are, that are made by women. And, and Mudbound is made by a woman too, but you could also argue, and this is a horrible way to put this, but I know that when I was filling out my Critics' Choice ballot, there were a couple categories where I did lean into a couple of movies, including Get Out and including Mudbound and including, you know, uh, Shape of Water, where I wanted to make sure, and you know, that there was there was some people of color in my, uh, on my ballot. They, I did. I, I'll, I'll tell you that there's you nothing. You probably did I, too. Of course, I, I I will cop to it because I don't think it's there's anything it's wrong with that. Of it I, I it, think but... there would be so, this would be a problematic tendency if the quality weren't there. But it just so happens that a lot of people like Shape of Water, a lot of people love Lady Bird, a lot of people love Get Out. So it's this is a year in which you can lean into those options without really feeling guilty. I Not think. Not at all. And I, but you might you might put some, what what I noticed I did basically it wasn't like I was picking movies I wasn't going to pick. What I did though was to make them higher on my ballot in each case. I mush I moved them up to make sure that that it was recognized as opposed to putting them at number 4 or 5 or something like that. Sure. Well, that's just that that's sort of the you know, everybody kind of games the system in their own kind of way given that at the, at the end of the day no matter how much we talk about quality, there's also math that you have to take into account. So if you want a certain outcome, you do have to play that game a little and bit. And the academy members are 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 going to do are going to do the the same thing, but but basically, um, I did a story uh, which was about the all the mainstream comic book genre um, uh, fantasy, uh, you know, just looking at sci-fi, monster movies, you know, horror. What were the track records and what were the tendencies and trends in terms of of the Oscars? And it's very interesting. What the real distinction is isn't so much is it. Um, is it is it is it a genre movie? Is it an auteur? So if you have Guillermo del Toro making a fantasy movie, or Peter Jackson for that matter, with The Lord of the Rings, then you can get into the into the artist's circle. You can be taken seriously. If you're the originator, if you're the one who created something, which is why Blade Runner and Wonder Woman and Thor Ragnarok and Logan and all these movies that I love are not necessarily going to be taken seriously as best picture contenders, even if they're even if Blade Runner is probably it's funny. the front runner as a yeah. as a uh, cinematography and production design yeah. and VFX and stuff like that. I was thinking maybe Denis Villeneuve's artistry and cerebral uh, brilliance and all the thoughtfulness that he put into this movie would take him farther, but it doesn't look like it's going to. I just revisited Thor Ragnarok and because I did get an award screener for it, and 
it's so in, much it's fun. interesting because it is it is it's definitely the funniest Marvel movie. I mean, it really really works. I think that one. I think Blade Runner and Wonder Woman collectively are all really strong studio produced movies that are and, 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 and Logan too. Of the Apes, I think. So so it actually it's, it's interesting. It's sort of like you know Wonder Woman may have the aura of importance around it, but there it's not a ton of movies can break into that. Uh, pattern of picking up a bunch of awards. They really have to feel like there's something different to distinguish them. Blade Runner maybe in another year could have had that going for it, but it really seems like Wonder Woman is the one that's getting getting whatever kind of track. And you have to assume that it's because it's Patty Jenkins and it's 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 a woman's picture as well as as a as a comic book superhero and a huge movie. Hit. And it's a huge hit. And something. clearly she made it work. I mean there's Noah and Gal Gadot of course, but there's no way to, that that a, that a uh, your everyday male director would have pulled that off with the way Patty Jenkins did and I I'm I'm glad the AFI included it. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it's not a it's not a bad list. I mean, I, I like a lot of these movies, and uh, and I think that if you look at the Los Angeles Film Critics, which gave "Call Me by Your Name" Best Picture, you really are seeing a certain kind of consistency to what has traction right now. I mean, it's it was so. It, I just I feel like when we first started talking about fall the fall movie season, maybe right around the time of Telluride or something, there were there were a lot of unknowns and it seemed like more than usual. Now we've really kind of solidified into the sense of it's I agree. a lot Florida of stuff, project is getting recognized, which makes me happy. Certainly is. Yeah. I'm really glad the AFI leaned into the big sick, which needed a win. I'm right. glad that they leaned into three billboards, which needed a win as well. I mean we know what the from the, the you know Dunkirk the, and the Post and Lady Bird and Call Me by Your Name and The Shape of Water and Get Out, uh, we really don't have to worry about the Florida Project is needs all the help it can get because it's smaller and then it's smaller, but it, but everybody loves it. It's got some acting it, it, it's thing. Big people like too. But I I, I want to talk about the Post because last week we we still were sort of barred from going too deep on this movie and now reviews are all over the place and uh obviously What's even your before sense of the, the reviews being all over the place what is well, what do you mean by that in fact i'm just going to look up metacritic right now and see yeah, where of course, it is because reducing it all to a number tells you the full no, story no <laughs> it tells you it tells you basically how strong it is in terms of awards yes. it absolutely does people like i the review are you kidding I, I'll, me? I, I will, here's what I would say. The reviews aren't necessarily all over the place. I wouldn't say that they 82 are. 82 is very good. 82 you, is, not, is high end. Right. That is but awards remember, level. Remember how the, the, the kinds of movies that we've been talking about that have had much more exciting kinds of reactions to them. The Post, I think to some degree, like Darkest Hour, might have been seen as a more vital movie a couple of years ago because it's not groundbreaking is filmmaking it's just a very well-made spielberg knows what the hell he's doing with this material certainly it is contemporary in terms of it the is resonant there's it, an issue it, involved it, it has, has to do with our president it, and it has it, to do with um, the way he considers the uh the journalistic sure. estate he's a v he's a v nixon who we see through right, the window right. of the white house and and the nixon tapes playing on the soundtrack which i thought was kind of a cheesy device but i mean it's it's an earnest piece of filmmaking it's not a bad piece of filmmaking i didn't find it particularly exciting for the most part the and i think it's very interesting in in so far as it's still like lincoln and like his recent films it's still uh, old fashioned spielberg filmmaking sure. he's he's embracing 
certain ways of, of telling a story um, and and he he doesn't and i i personally found the the um i'm a big fan of janusz kaminski's uh, cinematography but it, uh, this this is a little bit like warhorse in a way where you actually see certain scenes that are clearly lit in a fake way i don't know how else to explain it it's my own sensitivity it's a thing with me i don't want to be made aware of fake lighting I want to know. I want to believe that everything I'm wa- right. watching is natural and real in a movie like. Yeah, I mean, this. especially in a jittery journalism story where everyone's up late at night trying to decide whether they should publish this really important information that could change the course of the country. It's like, why does everything need to look so nice? You know, it should look yeah, grimy. Well, and, and, and if I pick up on it, if I recognize that some light source coming in in an interior is is not real, it's not the sun. <laughs> I shouldn't notice that. I'm sorry. Oh. I should. This movie was made very quickly. It should be noted. Less than a year ago, I think, was when Spiel, because he it, it really was made. No, he in jumped response. on it. He absolutely to, jumped to on Trump, it. And so. he had this great script by Liz Hanna, which was then you know uh, Josh Singer, the guy who did Spotlight, came in and punched it up. And and it's actually I really admire the screenplay. I think I think it's excellent. All right, let's just say the best thing about this movie is some of the acting. In sure. it. And I, I Meryl. think Meryl Streep and the way, Meryl all the way they lean into her is really cool. One thing that concerns me, there's a cover on the Hollywood Reporter this week, which shows Steven Spielberg surrounded by all the women who got involved in making this movie. And it's very clear to me from the way they presented it at the Academy, where uh, some people told me that that uh, some of the men in the audience were not necessarily responding to this message, this feminist message. Uh, This is all about women. The best thing for me emotionally watching the movie is Catherine Graham, is Meryl Streep's character, is the fact that she had incredible stakes and what the choices she had to make and how much she was left out of All the President's Men, which is one of the most sexist movies ever made. Um, But... I, I have I to say, I don't know about that, Anne. Yeah, okay. I was pretty shocked. <laughs> Ever made? Okay. I went back and looked at it, and I was like, "All the president's men, indeed." You know, if the women were were to be flirted with, to the, the sources for the reporters were were all they were all sexist. Oh yeah, characters. I mean, the media was a very sexist it place. It was really bad. Anyway. That's neither here nor there. Right now, but she was left out of it, really badly left out right. of it, Catherine Graham. And that's, a, and that's the essence of the movie to some degree. So what's interesting is about it, when I went into it, I thought that she was really going to be set up in completely heroic terms. But the way that it starts, she's actually divided. The publisher of this paper, who's also friends with uh, McNamara and... Um, McNamara. You know, McNamara, excuse me, and uh, sort of you know, not sure where her allegiances are, and she has to make this crucial decision about publishing the papers, that that conundrum is actually kind of the essence of the movie. It's weird how it sort of, it, it, get, it sometimes veers away from it sometimes. Well, part so of the problem not- with this movie, which, which um, is different from, the, from Spotlight, is that it isn't really about the journalists chasing down not about story. reporting. The story yeah. was sort of plopped on them. They they right. got access to the papers and and ran with it, but it wasn't about that. It was really about would they publish when uh, the New York Times was in court and and being enjoined from publishing and and all of that. And, and they they went to court and they fought it and she did all the right things, even though her business could have been 
uh, jeopardized. And, and it's, it's just very dramatic. But it's also about a realistic portrait of how women were treated at that time and how men needed to understand that they should respect. And she had power. She had money. She owned the paper. She had inherited it from her husband. But so many men wanted to take that power away from her and assumed that she wouldn't keep that power or use that power. And that's what the movie is really good about. But the thing that happened that I, I worry about is that they are making the campaign all about the, the women as if they're leaning into the sexual harassment climate and all of the reasons why we're right. leaning into As opposed right to now. the seeds of this movie being freedom of the press. I yes, mean, The yes. Post itself changed its, its slogan to democracy dies in darkness after Trump was elected. You could have called it that. You know, right. I mean, it's, it is about that. And, but the so. other thing is, is that the truth of the matter is that the academy is very male. And one of the things I'm learning as I run around, it was sort of what I'm saying today, I keep forgetting, but it's true. There are a lot of older guys in the academy and a lot of men in Hollywood who are really threatened and freaked out by yeah. this sexual harassment stuff. They are th really scared of it. It upsets them. It upsets the order that they're accustomed to. And that doesn't mean they're going to vote for women uh, for the Academy Awards. Yeah. Well, you know, some of those people are just going to have to, like, slowly march off into oblivion before the Academy can really feel like such a redemptive Eric. place. But, but I have been hearing people say more and more, like, oh, I guess the Academy is sort of younger. It does seem like it's starting to be more adaptive to different sensibilities. Well, we like to think that's true, but I have to say that a lot of the Oscar campaigners that I've been talking to, who are the ones who have to sort of track all these people down, down, see if they're participating, see how Not they big. can reach them and influence them. That's, of course, what their job is. They're trying to influence people. Um, and if, if not overtly, they're at least trying to get screeners to them, right? They question how many of the new people that were people that were chased after and sought after and invited yeah. as opposed to offering to be part of it. Um, uh, how many of them are actually participating? So or it's very engaged. Hard to yeah, I mean, a lot of these people you saw, you know, Ryan Coogler didn't join. Uh, you had all these other kinds of filmmakers at different levels who were kind of so far removed from the Academy world, they may or may not have even cared to be invited. So, a question then from what you're saying, what I'm thinking about is if we still have this kind of status quo of older men with more conservative tastes, does that mean, sorry, Lady Bird? Does it mean. People are too homophobic for calling me by your name, and we're just going to wind up with the most conservative possibility in this year's race. I mean, I don't even know what that movie is right now. I guess it's Darkest Hour. No, but... no, 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 no. Darkest Hour uh, clearly is vulnerable to even making it into the best picture race. Exactly. And so what? So, so what I would are we say even Dunkirk about? is is the is the beef eater. The steak eater, the uh, steak group. eater movie. Yeah, and 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 I would say be actually that you're right about Lady Bird. I think Lady Bird is accessible to a lot of people as a coming of age story. Right. And but, and I think that and I think Greta Gerwig is charming and lovely and funny and is I have to say doing a great job on the circuit. I mean that right. wonderful New York Times. Um, no, uh, Vanity Fair photo spread with Jordan Peele. Jordan yep, Peele is doing great. a great job with, with yep. the, those two. Those two well, those are doing two, because they they're have performers. In, yeah, they have experience in showbiz. That's right. They know what they're doing, and they know that there's a lot of optics involved here, yes. and you got to toe that line. But they're also really smart 
storytellers. So Angelina Jolie is doing a lot of this too because she's a movie star. They include her in a lot yep. of these things. Yep. But it, but I recognize this kind of. I hate to say this. There's a there's like a knee jerk. She's granola reaction to her, which I hate. You know, she's about being, Greta Gerwig. I, no, 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 no. Angelina oh, Jolie. oh, oh, Angelina. I, I am like so respectful of her. Um, you know, global. Uh, philanthropy, all the work that she's done, all the things that she knows going into all these different countries. She talks about helping the breadwinner in Afghanistan because she actually knows all the people in the cultural, you know, institutions there and, and can help, you know, get things done. She's very practical and down to earth in many ways. And yet I see this sort of knee jerk reaction to a, to a, uh, an indulged actress. As well, sure, there is that element her, of it. I mean, somebody is, is, it's, there's an element of sexism to it, of being overexposed, being too much of a star and all that kind of stuff, which, which is, is not what Greta Gerwig has. It's not what Jordan Peele has. Yeah. And it's not what's, what a lot of these filmmakers have. Although we should talk about one other movie that we couldn't talk about last week. because oh, I'm Phantom curious Thread. To know. Yeah, so Phantom Thread, as you said before, was not on the AFI uh, list. But it's already shown. I mean, it was on my list of best movies of the year. It was the on critics the, like the it. Times, like, yeah, the critics which are all totally, over this. Which is look at it. It's at ninety four on Metacritic, as opposed to the Post, which is at eighty two. Which of these two films is going to do better with the Academy? The Post, but it's going to do better with the mainstream. Academy. But that's not to say the, the Phantom Thread is out of the game. I mean, not there's a lot all. of respect it's, for it. It could win best costume. Well, that's a given. It's about costume. <laughs> exactly. It could. It could. Be, it could get nominated for original screenplay, which or he's got been awarded before. for by two critics groups. Yeah. And it could get Daniel Day Lewis and maybe Vicky Creeps. Although uh, the um, I would suggest that the actress race is so competitive that's going to be tough. It, I, I think the crafts will lean into it. The writers and the crafts. But let's be clear, this is a really, really satisfying movie. Even even if you're sort of a PTA fan in certain cases and not all of them, I think it's 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 a very accessible PTA movie. It's yes. not as cryptic as The Master well or something like that. And, and the fact of the matter is, even though it's set in the 50s, it's a costume drama, It's all, at the end of the day, it's a two-hander. What well, sort of a two-hander plus of Leslie a three Mando, three-hander to some degree, it's but a triangle, really, it's, it's really. a romance. Yeah, but 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 that's what's so interesting the about sister, it. It's very the husband yeah. and the wife and the wife and and it's and it's got a screwball comedy element that's completely unexpected given what the material is, the way that they kind of feud with each other, and he is this sort of. I I think sort of introverted, sort of like neurotic, obsessive guy who can't totally open himself up to people, and she is so committed to breaking through that and the movie is just it's so good at making that into an engaging conflict. It's a very and there's not much else to entertaining it. love story to watch and what it is though is as I said before it's a it could be on a double feature with mother. It's another, you know, workaholic overachiever <laughs> artist, you know, who 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 is thrown for a loop by the woman, the chaotic universe of a woman who who's demanding his time and demanding his energy. And yet he loves her and she loves him and she doesn't want to be just another mistress, just another muse, just another uh, woman who passes through and goes out the other side. She wants to be permanent. And the sister who is permanent 
uh, has to deal with that. I love right. this movie too. Um, it's awesome. The, it's but, really, but it's, it's just fun. like peak PTA in a way. It's like, I mean, I, I, there's no, I think I, I like this side of him as a storyteller more than when he, even though I think he's made brilliant things with the master and with There Will Be Blood, I think when he really kind of just creates a very specific focused narrative that you can see why he's such a great storyteller. And so I don't see, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying on some level, maybe that it's not with, with a lot of, it's such a competitive year and so many other kinds of movies that have a lot of other elements attached to them. Maybe Phantom Thread's going to get pushed out a lot, but it just, it seems to play really well, not just to critics, to all kinds of people. Who well, doesn't like this movie? It's a little bit, wait, wait, wait. It's a little bit late in the day, okay? That's so fair. So they have a little bit of catching up to do. It needs to get into the marketplace. It needs right. to show it, that, right. it, that it has an audience and that it, it is it's so playing well. It needs to get, re lots of rave reviews need to come out. And and it could, it could go a, a long way. I have to say, Focus Features... Um, you know, it, it looks like uh, we need to see how they do. I mean, remember, it's a new management team, and right. they must be sort of looking at their at their spreadsheets right now and going, uh "Oh, uh, are we, we, we in invested shape in here? the wrong movie?" Put, put I mean, Dark Paramount has already given up on downsizing. Right. You know, that's, that's yeah, you can feel yeah. that. You can feel that. So, and then of course, uh, next week we'll have a chance to uh, turn a corner and really look at the entire year in movies more or less, by talking about Star Wars, which you'll uh, see, see, see it on Monday, and then the embargo will be the next day. So and then the following week, we finally see all the money in the world. If it actually exists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just so baffling to see an invite like that. You're like, wait, so are they on set sending out screening invites? Like, <laughs> how the hell? I mean, it's such a fast... No, the I'm only person who could have pulled that off, honestly, is Ridley Scott. Yeah. That's yeah. the thing. And then the question Even is, if he's is doing head replacements, at least he knows I, how to do it. You know, it does make you wonder though. It's like if this movie is fine, which I think was most people's assumption is like, yeah, it seems like it's probably okay. You know, that's going to be so satisfying and and astonishing to people just that the movie like actually would work on some basic level that it's going to elevate this movie in a big way. And they just moved it up to Christmas. So it's it's either that just means they need some more time, or maybe it's a combination of that and there's some confidence in this being a commercial movie that compete with, compete with the other stuff that's coming out around. They probably that time. need a little more time. Probably that, but hey, everybody needs more time. PTA would still be editing Phantom Thread if he could. So anyway, Anne, enjoy your weekend, and um, when we reconvene next week, we'll talk Star Wars. All right, see you later, Eric.